Channel Attitude subscribers, we will be rolling out an upgrade to our site in the near future to improve site performance and your experience. So sometime within the next few weeks, you will receive an email requesting you to recreate your password for the upgraded site. To ensure this email doesn't go to your spam folder, please whitelist info at channelattitude.com. That's info at channelattitude.com. RSS feed URLs may change for some of you. If that happens, you can grab the new one in your dashboard when the upgrade goes live. Your feedback and suggestions have helped shape this upgrade, so keep those coming in the future. And again, the email is info at channelattitude.com to whitelist or add to your address book. Be on the lookout for that email over the next few weeks. This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Good morning, everybody. It is the beginning of the week. Bro, shouldn't Monday officially be the beginning of the week? Sunday being the beginning of the week never worked for me, brother. Sunday should be the end of the week because what happens on Monday? We all get up and go to work and it all starts all over again. So I want to petition, bro, that officially Monday is the beginning of the week, but For now, Sunday is the beginning of the week, and it is Sunday. It is July 2nd, 2023. I am Vince Russo. This is a little ditty called Glass Onions. And yes, indeed, the walrus was Paul. Yes. Thank you very much. You know, guys, we've been doing this uh, podcast not this particular one. I'm talking about Russo'sBrand.com. Bro, we've been doing this for, got almost 10 years now, if we really went back and looked. Um, I left TNA in uh, January 2012. It took me a little while to figure out what I was going to do. Um, but shortly thereafter, I started podcasting. So, I mean, bro, it's a, we're going on 10 years now. And uh, throughout that 10 years, man, I have told you a lot about myself. Um, I am very transparent. I am very honest. And I love being that way. And I will never, ever, ever change my stripes. And there are some things um, that are a um, a huge part of my tapestry. Um, tapestry, bro. That was a great song by Carol King. Um, one of the greatest albums of all time, definitely in my top 10, uh, Carol King's Tapestry. But that song, uh, not many people know about because there were so many other big hits on, um, on that album, but Tapestry was a great song. And, and a lot of you know, uh, you know, the tapestry of my life, bro, you can look at my arms and, um, you know, things that are important to me or, are a part of who I am are tattooed on my body. And maybe, bro, maybe next week we will do a show about that. 
and I will break down all the tattoos on my arms and I'll let you know the significance of each and every one. But um, there have been things throughout my life that have really been very important and really had a great influence of who I am today. And a lot of those things are really entertainment-based. Um, a lot of those things come from movie, movies, television, and, and music, um, and sports. You know, you could throw sports in there. Um, those categories, bro, a lot, a lot of that defi- defines who I really am. And that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit today. Um, because I don't think you really understand the absolute importance that the movie Rocky had on my life, literally, bro, since 1976. Uh, That's when Rocky aired. Bro, I can remember, you know, being at my grandmother's house. 1976, bro, would have put me at about 15 years old. I can remember, you know, looking in the newspapers, bro. Remember the newspapers? Bro, do you guys remember newspapers? But um, every time I would get my hands on a newspaper, sports section first, and then the 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 movie section second, where you would have these big-ass uh, ads, bro, for all the latest films. Man, I wish I had some of them because – they would be so vintage today. And I, I I remember Rocky being advertised in the paper. And I even remember my grandmother being so proud because, you know, Sylvester Stallone was Italian, bro. And, and the Italian heritage was very, very, very important. Uh, in my family, but bro, for whatever reason, there was there wasn't a a, a, a a urgency for me to go see that movie. Um, you know, I knew about it. I wasn't a big boxing guy, so this wasn't a movie that I was going to go run out and see. However, my best friend in the world, bro who was like a brother to me, uh, Jeff Iorio. Um, Jeff was half Italian and half Puerto Rican. Uh, his dad was Italian, uh, uh, Tony, Tony Iorio. Can't get any more Italian than that. And his mother was 1 billion percent Puerto Rican. Carmen, Carmen Iorio. Very strong, willed, loud, lovable uh, Puerto Rican mom, Carmen. And Tony uh, was very meek and quiet. Carmen definitely ruled the roost in that family. But I love Jeff like a brother. I mean, bro, this was the closest um, of a brother I ever had in my entire life. I mean, no other relationships were ever even close. Um, Jeff passed away, man, tragically. Gosh, bro, it's been, it's been some 20 years now, and there isn't a day goes by that I don't think about him. 
Uh, I literally have his initials tattooed on my body as a reminder. Um, man, I just, I, I loved him so, so, so much and so dearly. And the reason I bring Jeff into this story is because Jeff was the one that said, bro, you got to go see this Rocky. You got to go see this Rocky. You got to go see this Rocky. Jeff fell in love with Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone immediately, immediately. There was a bond there. And 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 it's funny, man, because as I watch uh, Sly's reality show today, um, as I watch um, the, the the new show there, he's got. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank now. You, a Tulsa King. Jeff was so much like Stallone, bro, in so many ways, and it was the nuances, the 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 look. Uh, just so many ways. Um, Sylvester Stallone reminds me of Jeff, and I think that was the the, the bond with Jeff. And bro, you got to go see. You got to go see. You got to go see. And I'll never forget, bro. There was a uh, movie theater on Port Jefferson in Long Island. Get this, bro. Seventy-seven cents to go to the movies. Seventy-seven cents. Now. How that worked was the movie uh, would have been out for a while. And after everybody saw it, then poor Jeff would get it for 77 cents. And bro, three blockbusters I'll never forget seeing at Port Jefferson Station Movie Theater. Rocky, Star Wars, bro, and Animal House. So I did not see those three movies as soon as they came out. But after they had their first run, then I went to Port Jefferson, paid 77 cents to see these movies. So I paid the money. I went to go see Rocky. And as soon as I experienced that film, um, I, I knew exactly what Jeff was talking about. And Jeff knew me so well uh, that he knew that this movie, you know, here we are. How, ma- how many years later, bro? 76. So, God, what's it going to be? 50 years in 2026? Is that is that right? But Jeff knew that this would become a, a big part of my tapestry. And, you know, bro, I'll never forget, man, some what? Seven years later, when I was about 22 and I was working for CBS Publishing and there was a trip to Philly, bro, I will never forget. Um, It was probably about eight, nine o'clock at night. It was in the dead of winter. I was in a taxi cab, bro. They did not have Ubers back then. And I made a uh, I made a taxi driver wait for me at the bottom of the steps of the art museum in Philadelphia. And about nine o'clock at night, bro, a wintry, wintry eve, very, very cold. I ran up the steps like my hero, Rocky Balboa, man. I remember getting in that taxi. And calling Amy immediately. And she really couldn't comprehend uh, what this meant to me. Bro, my two greatest um, 
bucket list, bro. Seriously, man. Um, running the steps, running the rocky steps in Philly, and definitely walking across Abbey Road, man. You know, th- th- those two things were the highlights uh, of my life. And um, I'll never forget this. And, bro, Rocky and Sly, uh, and sometimes they are one in the same, bro, have literally become a big part, man, of the folklore of Vince Russo. To this day, man, I will support Stallone. Um, I I watch his new reality show, like I told you, Tulsa Kings, you name it. Um there's a connection there, bro. There is really, really a connection there. And uh, it, it it's always been a huge part of my life, bro. Always. And you see, I'm wearing a uh, Kiss shirt. You know, I I, I got Stallone. I, I got Rocky tattooed on my body, bro. Um, You could see it on this, the other one right there. You see it right there, bro? There it is. That is uh, the shot from Balboa, I believe, where his back is turned and it's snowing and he did the steps. So today, man, I wanted to share with you some fun facts about Rocky that maybe you did not know. And I'll be honest with you, bro. Some of them I did not know. So I found this great article, man, uh, published in 2015 by Miles Carter. And uh, it was uh, on ScreenRant.com. So you guys can uh, feel free to look that up. And it's the 12 facts you need to know about Rocky Balboa. And like I said, bro, um, some of these, uh, many of these I knew. There were a couple I didn't know. And the reason for this article, bro, was that Creed uh, was just going to hit the theaters, bro. God, man, that was, what, eight years ago already for Creed. So with Rocky sequel spinoff Creed hitting theaters this week, the storied franchise is back in the ring, aiming at delivering the same action, thrills, and uplifting story the original films provided. Instead of retelling the original story, Creed focuses on the story of Rocky Balboa, training Adonis Creed, the son of main boxing rival and fallen friend Apollo. With six Rocky films in the history books, there is a unique history to the movies that hope to inspire audiences with the story of an almost has been rising to the top uh, of the boxing world. From the love between Rocky and Adrian to the dedication and inspiration of Mickey and Paulie to the ever-increasing love of sinister opponents like uh, the Rocky series, well, except for the fifth one, yes, were sequels that didn't rob the original of its own. Bro, Rocky V was a a pooper. Uh, Bro, listen, guys, you know me, man. It is very, very, very hard for me to talk negatively about a Sylvester Stallone film, especially a Rocky film. Rocky V sucked. Before you you do your pre-creed homework of watching the Rocky sextet, Check out our list of 12 facts you need to know about Rocky Balboa. Okay, here we go, bro. And like I said, many of these I knew. Some of these I did not. Um, This one we probably know. Rocky cost only $1.1 million. Shot over an extremely short time frame of just 28 days. 
Rocky cost only $1.1 million to produce. Destitute at the time, Sylvester Stallone refused to sell the script unless he was given the starring role. We all know that, bro. That is that is folklore. This led United Artists to cut the $2 million budget for the film in half as taking an unknown Stallone on as lead meant a bigger box office risk. So they were going to give it a $2 million budget. Um, Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, uh, one in the same at times, was not going to sell his script unless he had the lead. So now they were rank, they were, they were, um, you know, depending on an unknown. So United Artists cut that two million in half, and you can't uh, blame them. When the film went over budget by a hundred thousand dollars, the producers were held liable for the overage and mortgaged their homes to finish the movie. A gamble that paid off uh, handsomely. Now, that part I did know, bro. Can, bro, can you imagine? We're talking about <laughs> 1976, a movie being over budget by $100,000. Bro, today, that literally is $1,000. If that, it may even be $100. So at the end of the day, Rocky was filmed in 28 days. For $1.1 million. Incredible, bro. And when you look at the money that franchise has made, even including the Creed pitches that followed, $1.1 million was the investment. Rocky won more than just championships. In the first Rocky, Balboa loses his match against title holder Apollo Creed, but he goes the distance with the established fighter, and the match comes down to a split decision that goes Creed's way. However, Rocky did end up the 1976 box office champion, grossing $225 million worldwide, bro. So that investment. Of 1.1 million grossed 225 million by the end of 1976. Critics and audiences loved the film and it ended up nominated for seven Academy Awards. It didn't win every competition, but it took home the heavyweight prize of Best Editing, Best Director, and Best Picture. Even more impressive, Rocky beat prestigious movies like Network and Taxi Driver to take home the top honor. Yeah, Stallone was nominated for Best Actor, but did not get it. Uh, Network, bro, one of my greatest movies of all time. Bro, this I did not know. This I did not know. Rocky's name is Roberto. Did you know that? Inspired by his father to be physical because he wasn't smart, Rocky Balboa grew up idolizing boxers and took his name, uh, nickname Rocky from the famous Rocky Marciano. While Rocky's name is never revealed on screen, the box's real first name is revealed in an early draft of the Rocky II script. Born as Roberto Balboa, Rocky spent years fighting both in the ring as an amateur and professionally as a loan collector. It wasn't until Apollo Creed's open call for a wild card contender to fight for the championship 
that Roberto got his first shot at a big fight. Lucky for us, they chose to stick with the nickname because we probably wouldn't have seen six Roberto movies. Bro, I did not know that. So I guess that was in a draft of a Rocky II script and never, ever mentioned in the film franchise. Very, very interesting. Rocky ran marathons too. One highlight of every Rocky movie is the intense training montage in which Rocky trains for his next big fight. In the Rocky II montage, Balboa runs through Philadelphia, passing by landmarks and having a pack of kids following him all the way to the art museum steps. A Philadelphia writer decided to plot Rocky's run and figure out the exact route he would have needed to take in order to make the scene possible. Taking the most logical route, the Italian stallion would have tracked just over 30 miles or 1.6 marathons. In recent years, an independent, non-official recreation of the route has performed without the sanction of the city, but with the blessing of film fans everywhere. So taking the most logical route, bro, he would have tracked 30 miles, bro, from where he started. You remember, bro, going through the Italian village and all that good stuff all the way up the steps. And I guess they're taking into consideration him going back. So that would have been a 30-mile trek, which is very, very interesting. Now, believe it or not, uh, there is something in here for you wrestling fans which is interesting, which I did not know. But (laughs) knowing the players and knowing the game, uh, this is true. Rocky got Hulk Hogan fired from the WWE. One of the subplots in Rocky III is that the champ has gotten soft and is more interested in fame than boxing. As an example of this, Rocky fights wrestler Thunderlips, Hulk Hogan, for a charity bite. When WWF, currently WWE, owner Vince McMahon Sr. found out that Hogan took on the role without getting permission, he fired the wrestler. It took Hulkamaniacs another year or so before current WWE owner Vince McMahon Jr. Bought the company from his father and brought Hogan back on as the star attraction. Bro, I swear, I would love to do an interview with Hogan just based on Rocky Three and Thunderlips. Uh, I, I just that, bro. Talk about nothing else in his career, but that point in time in his life. Um, you know what happened prior, what happened after. Um, but I, I did not know that, bro. I did not know, but it makes all the sense in the world, man. That That's a McMahon for you. If you don't get a uh, piece of the pie, if they don't get a piece in the pie, it ain't happening, bro. Mr. T worked for Muhammad Ali. It's likely the best type of research for a boxing film uh, beyond just getting in the ring. Rocky III's villain, Club Lang, was played by Mr. T, a former bodyguard two professional boxers having worked for Leon Spinks, Sugar Ray Leonard, Joe Frazier, and the greatest Muhammad Ali, Mr. T or Lawrence Turode 
as he was known then, spent 10 years protecting the rich and the famous. Having served as U.S. Army military police and also worked as a bouncer for years, Mr. T had a, a penchant for being the toughest man in most situations. It was his role in Rocky III that brought him into the limelight and cemented his success as an actor. Rocky III is also the first uh, incidence when Mr. T used his trademark phrase, I pity the fool, a line that would follow him throughout his career and into the present. Bro, when you think about all the great careers that was spawned uh, from the Rocky movies, you know, being, um, you know, Clubber Lang, Mr. T, you know, Hulk Hogan, bro, um, you know, all of these, um, all of these icons, a lot of these icons, bro, came from Rocky, which is freaking incredible. No, I did not know Mr. T was Muhammad Ali's bodyguard. Mr. T's mother left the premiere ashamed of her son. Did you know this? After his father left his family when he was five years old, Mr. T and his 11 siblings were raised alone by their loving mother. As a form of repayment and respect, Mr. T brought his mother as his date for the premiere of Rocky III, his first major role. And in in an especially heated moment where Clubber Lang calls Adrian woman and propositions her for sex, Mrs. Tarot turned and let her son know that she didn't raise him to talk to a woman like that. T's mom left the theater angry. A moment was guaranteed to have affected Mr. T, as he noted on many times how much his mother meant him. That's amazing, bro. That is absolutely amazing that uh, he is playing a character in his film belittling a woman, uh, and his mother took that quite, quite seriously. Um, Very, very, very uh, interesting. There is a Rocky statue. You know, as a matter of fact, guys, I'm going to show you something. Because my daughter was just there about a week ago. And there it is. Can you see it? Hold on, bro. Let me uh, let me change my uh, screen. Can you see it? There it is. Alive and well, man. My daughter uh, visiting it in Philly. About a week ago. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, Rocky statue. Now, where I saw the Rocky statue is, it's, I believe, bro, the first resting place was the the Philadelphia Museum of Art, because that's when I ran up the steps. Uh, And that was probably around, I want to say, 83. So the movie would have been out for seven years. I believe that was the first resting place. But then it was at the Spectrum, bro. The old Philly Spectrum. But I do believe it was at the Art Museum first. Introduced as a prop in Rocky III, a bronze statue of Rocky was molded for use in the movie and placed at at the top of the stairs at the Philadelphia Art Museum as part of a scene in the film. After production had ended, the statue was moved to Wachovia Spectrum Sports Complex 
as city officials decided it wasn't appropriate for the museum. Okay, bro, so when I ran up the steps, the statue was not there. Um, the statue was at the Spectrum. Remember the old Philadelphia Spectrum, bro? That's where it is. Because the art museum, as part of a scene, the film after production ended, the statue was moved to the Wachovia Spectrum Sports Complex as the city officials decided it wasn't appropriate for the museum. While the statue was brought back a number of times in order to film scenes for sequels, the official home until 2006 was the Wachovia Complex. After decades of campaigning by residents who knew how many tourists would come to see the statue, it was brought the art museum permanently uh, in 2006, where it currently resides near the bottom of the steps. So there you have it, bro. They didn't want it when the movie first came out in 76. But 30 years later, they realized the draw to the museum through the statue, and they brought it back, and that's where it is permanently. Okay, bro, the creation of Ivan Drago was real. In the middle of the Cold War, the eventual opponent for any American hero had to be a representative of the Soviet Union. Ivan Drago is presented as an engineered fighter, a man who the communists created to prove their superiority over America and the West. The idea of the Soviet Union working to create a superhuman isn't too far from the truth and is rooted in a few documented military programs. One such program was carried out during World War II when 300 soldiers had probes planted in their brains to dull pain reception and metal grafted under their bone protection for sharpnel and bullets. I had no idea about any of this. Another less invasive program was the famous Red Army sports team in which children who showed promise in sports were enlisted. However, their duties consisted of sports training and competition, allowing them to devote their entire lives to sports. This is how dedicated, bro, the Soviet Union was in defeating the USA. The program proved a success with the USSR topping the medal table at almost every Summer Olympics from 1956 to 1992, only losing to the United States on two occasions, and uh, including the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles, which the USSR boycotted. So, yeah, man, Drago was um, manufactured as the Soviets were doing uh, during the time with the uh, Red Army sports team, bro. Now, this I knew. Dolph Lundgren almost killed Rocky for real. Before filming Rocky Ford, director Stallone asked Lundgren to add some extra weight as he felt the Swede looked too lean for the role of the imposing Ivan Drago. This advice paid off in the way Stallone expected, but almost cost him his life. Trying to make the matches look as realistic as possible, Stallone also demanded the fighters throw actual punches while shooting. Lundgren obeyed and hit Stallone so hard in the chest, his heart smashed into his ribcage and caused swelling. 
For eight days, the Rocky actor was in intensive care with a blood pressure above 200 and difficulty breathing. That I knew. That is scary, bro. That is scary. You see, bro, I always tell these freaking wrestlers, bro, you want it to be real, then just make it real. And uh, here you can see, bro, that uh, Sly was making it real. Um, Okay, two more, bro. Turtles have long lives. In Rocky, Adrian works at a pet store, and as a way of getting her attention, Rocky buys her a pair of turtles for a cuff and link. Like most turtle species have amazingly long lives, and Salone took them home after the shooting the first movie. 31 years after filming the first movie, the original reptiles were given screen time in Rocky Balboa, serving as two of Rocky's only companions after the death of his wife. Along with his dog, Punchy, and Adrian's brother, Paulie, the two turtles served as Rocky's only companions after his years at the top. Holy crap, bro. And you remember that, too. I remember that as a shoot in both films. Um, They were tiny, tiny turtles in the first movie. And then in Rocky Balboa, they were huge. All right, this um, this is the last one. This I did not know. Adrian's grave exists. If you travel to 3822 Ridge Avenue, East Fairmont Park, Philadelphia, you can find the real-life resting place of Rocky's loving wife, Adrian Balboa, near the front entrance of Lauren Hill Cemetery. Originally a temporary prop grave marker made of foam, Sylvester Stallone hated the look of the stone and had an actual granite headstone made at a personal cost of somewhere between 1000 and 3000 The cemetery isn't just famous for its fictional inhabitants. Many American revolutionary figures from the American Revolution and Thomas McKeon, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, are buried there. If you're interested, there are tours focused on sports figures, American revolutionaries, and even a spooky Halloween tour of the grave. So I am assuming that this is the grave site right out of uh, Rocky Balboa. Remember when he kept a chair in the tree, bro? This I did not know. So if you guys are ever in Philly, 3822 Ridge Avenue, East Fairmont Park, in Philadelphia, pay, pay your respects to Adrian. So that's it, guys. Some fun facts about Rocky. And and, and again, I hope you understand what this movie really meant to me and has meant to me uh, my entire life. Um, Like I said, bro, every time I see Sly, I think of my late friend Jeff. Um, I can't help it. I can't help it. But um, think of him. So this this holds a very, very, very special place uh, in my heart, bro. I hope you enjoyed this very special edition of Glass Onions. I'll see you guys all next week, man. Take care. <laughs>